You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, thank you for coming out. Uh, obviously, you guys know why you're here, and you're seeing some pretty awesome people on stage right now, and you're going to see a few more a little later. Uh, the 2010 World Championship team, as both, most of you know, is the first championship that we, the San Francisco Giants, had brought to the city since uh, coming to San Francisco. And a lot of great players came before these guys and uh, set the stage, and they, it just couldn't get done, and, and 2010 was the one we got done. So you're going to hear some cool stories. Uh, I'm going to ask some questions. Edgar said he only wants one. So uh, try to ask a really good one. And uh, we'll, we'll have some fun. Uh, we, we, one, of the, one of the reasons we like doing this is because we can kind of tell the story a little bit from our perspective now that we've been out of it for a little bit and out of the game and, and kind of separated from the actual championship. We can actually kind of reflect a little bit and tell some fun stories. So we might do some Q&A, uh, public Q&A after, uh, depending on how wordy. Uh, as you know, Kaner likes to talk a lot, so uh, uh, I'm sure he'll have some winded answers. Uh, but we'll have some good times. So the first, obviously, uh, we haven't seen him for, for a while. Man, it was great to see some of these guys. And uh, so obviously, you know the guy standing to my right, Freddie Sanchez. And Freddie, you came over in uh, 2009 in a trade. Uh, and we were a little, we weren't. We, we were kind of in it, we, and we, we needed, knew we needed a second baseman. Obviously, a guy that can hit, had some professional at-bats. But 2010 kind of was a different story. You know, you, you had just kind of been with the team for a couple months in 09, 10, you were settled in. Uh, and, and, and just tell me about your, your first impression of coming to the Giants and then the experience of going through a little bit of just the regular season in 2010 and, and, and what you were feeling during that time. Yeah, it was uh, – I'll never forget it. I was actually in the – training room uh we were playing the, i was with the pirates we were playing the giants when uh dr akazuki the giants team doctor came in looked at my knee and i'm like what's going on and i was hurt i was on the dl and uh he uh it, it i found out that i was possibly going to be traded to the giants and uh so he came back over and actually the trade was official i think an hour later and we were, i was supposed to be on a flight back with my family back to pittsburgh so i literally was in the training room thinking Oh my gosh, I just got traded from a place where I considered home at the time because I'd been there for six years and I'm hurt. So I'm going to come to a new team, not going to be able to play for a little bit, not the start that I wanted. So, uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, that year, it was a tough year. I think I was in and out with my knee, uh, but coming in 2010, uh, just the group of guys and the, and, and the chemistry that we had that year was just, was spectacular. And, um, uh, I didn't at first I didn't know I didn't know much about San Francisco I'd only come here to play and man when we we just fell in love with this place we we really consider this uh, home to us um, the the guys that year were uh, I tell everyone this I don't I don't at that time I didn't feel going into that that season we weren't the best team in baseball I think we had a great group of guys we had different personalities that led us to, to that moment. And uh, I just gave an interview back there where we were seven and a half games out, I guess, at one point behind the Padres. And I'll never forget that last day, um, knowing that we came all the way back from not only squeaking in the playoffs, but winning the NL West uh, was as special a moment for me as there was. We got to run around the, shake everyone's hand and, and clap and, and be with everybody. So that was a moment that I'll never forget. But the moment with these guys, the different personalities that we had in there, we had no egos. And I really believe that's why we were able to bring that first championship to, to San Francisco was we just had a, a bunch of guys that wanted to play and did well together and, and, and gave it all we had. In uh, the World Series, your first World Series you've ever been to, the nerves, obviously, it's kind of a, it's unfamiliar for most of the guys on the team. I think there was only... Uh, two or three guys on the team that haven't been a part of a World Series, and Edgar obviously was a part of a winning one, and Burl was too, but your first three at-bats, doubles. First guy to ever do it in Major League Baseball, to have three doubles in your first three at-bats. You obviously didn't show you were really all that nervous, and we all were. We, we all had the emotions, but just knowing that you could come in and, and do, that, do that kind of damage early 
and help provide obviously a, a huge game one win for us uh, right out the gate at home. But what was your feel, your first World Series being able to stand in the box? The calm and the nerves, like just what were your emotions during that whole time? Well, anybody, I mean, who's been in that situation knows no matter how mentally strong you are, how mentally tough you are, you get nervous. You get nervous and, and, and you get butterflies and that's what you want. Once you, you're not getting nervous in that situation, you won't get nervous in any situation. So that's the situation. As nervous as I was, that was the moment that I've practiced for my whole life. That was the moment that... I told myself when I was in the backyard that I'm getting up in a World Series game and I'm going to win when I was 10 years old. So um, knowing that I can go in there and help and try to provide a spark. I remember my first hit, one of my buddies, Jack, told me, hey, Cliff Lee's going to throw you a, 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 an OO uh, cutter on the outside corner. Be ready for it. First pitch, OO cutter, outside corner, broken bat, double. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for falling in. It wasn't a very good hit. But um, I got on base, and I think that kind of set the tone that, okay, I'm here, let's do this. And I, like I tell my little guys, I coach, uh, coach our, 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 my little, uh, little league team saying, you know, you always got to have confidence in this game because it's, it's, it's built on, on failure. So you're going to have a lot of failure, but if you keep that confidence, um, and that's what I try to do, just stay confident. And I knew who, who I had hitting behind me and who we had pitching. Yeah, yeah. So hitting behind you, Edgar. Uh, Edgar Anaria, obviously. <laughs> World Series MVP, MVP. had some, <laughs> that's right, MVP, yeah. He's had some history. Uh, obviously, we know the, the, the game-winning homer, uh, or the go-ahead homer, I guess, in the seventh. But it was your second go-ahead hit in World Series. So obviously, you love the World Series, because uh, uh, you have a lot of success in those World Series years. But we brought Edgar in, because we wanted a veteran shortstop. We wanted a guy that, you know, that understood how to play the game, play it right, carried himself very professional, could mentor some of the young guys on the team, uh, and, and he was awesome uh, from day one. Great teammate, and, and just was very observant. He battled, that year we, we actually were a little bit, because you battled some injuries a little bit, but you came back, and when you came back, I mean, you came back so strong, and, and it, it, like you didn't miss a beat, but do you feel like, I mean, I know that when you were in the World Series with the Marlins, it was way earlier in your career, but do you think that that helped with even helping us as we were just kind of, a lot of us going into the World Series for the first time, some of us, and just being able to show, you know, what you can do and how calm you can be, and you didn't change. You didn't change from the season to the postseason. You just were that same guy on the field and at the plate. You're a very intelligent hitter. Uh, I, I think even facing you from time to time in St. Louis, you set me up for a couple pitches on purpose <laughs> to hit homers, but, but uh, you, you know, you used that, and, and you came through in a big way, and how was the experience before allowing you to kind of help us as we were going to the playoffs? Was it the same feelings when you were younger, or did you feel a little different? I wish I can speak English like you guys, but <laughs> <laughs> let's try and see if you guys understand what I'm going to say. But uh, that year was special, especially because you guys, I remember I playing, I think I played 15 games. <laughs> yeah. You guys take me all to the, to the, to the, uh, the playoffs. And I don't know if you guys remember in, the, in Chicago when we got the meeting in the, yeah. in the hitting cage. And I say, so please, guy, we, we, we got the chance to go to all the way through because we have a, a great staff, the pitcher. We have great reliever. And we play. We play the ball, the game right. When we try to move everybody to another base, we do it. When we need a bone, we, we bone, you know? And, uh, and, and that, at that moment when I say that, it, they come to my heart because I feeling, we feeling like um, um, we can't have the chance to play in the World Series. And uh, for that moment, we start play better. It was in, in August, right? I think. You remember Chicago? It was. Yeah, we started winning a, a bunch of games and we start have fun. So I just tell you guys, just take me to the playoff. I take out the rest. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so good. It's <laughs> uh, <that's> so good. <laughs> and thank God it was it was like that. So, but uh, we did it because we we won there. Because we have a great bunch of guys. We have Crazy Wilson, 
it was nasty, you know, in the night we light off and uh, we had some fun. We have a great guys in, in the city. The city, I don't want to hear the, the, the torture, the, what do you guys say? Torture. The torture, yeah. I don't want to hear that because we're going to say <laughs> we are the champion and that's what we did. <laughs> One more question. Uh, so the homer, did you know it was gone when you hit it? And if whether you did or not, when running around the bases, the feeling to know that we just, I mean, Cliff Lee, I mean, he was really, really good at that time. I mean, he was, is, I mean, as dominant of a pitcher out there, to be able to hit it off him in that big of a situation, that kind of momentum, what was your thought process at the plate? Like, what were you thinking to be able to be confident enough? I mean, his stuff was so good, and you, you, you hit that ball so well. Did you know it was gone, and what was the whole feeling right there in that moment for you in the, at this point in your career? Wow. Um, when I, sell, I, I, I see um, Ronnie saying Ronnie saying second and third, my, what I, the first come to my mind was going to walk me. But when he told the first pitch, you know how, you know when you're going to walk somebody, you can throw the ball like uh, like a getaway pitch. Yeah. No, he tried to make the pitch, so he missed the spot. When he do that, I say, I know he's going to pitch to me, so I'm fucking to look for the east pitch, going to be the corner. And uh, that moment, I told you he before. He told me at 3, at 3 p.m., he said around 3, <laughs> we go to the field, he said, hey, kid, I'm going to hit a homer today. Okay. <laughs> right? And then, you know, we go to, you know, you guys know that we go to, uh, before we go to game, we, we're hitting, uh, body, you know, soft dust. We were hitting, I said, remember, I'm going to hit a homer, right? He called it twice yeah. <laughs> before that. That's impressive. And then he came and <laughs> boom. Yeah, yeah, that was a great moment. So quickly, it was it's tough. You know, it was tough. So I just looking for one pitch. It was covered inside, and I glad to if you throw that pitch. You know, because if I was thinking more, you know, if you think you can do nothing, because your mind going to be always at the place. You have to be in focus. You have to be in focus and, and looking for one pitch. That's it. He knew it pretty early. Huh? You knew it pretty early at 3 p.m. <laughs> think about it, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that that was the most impressive thing about Edgar is his ability to do that. I know he's going to pitch to me because of the pitch he threw before, and that's the kind of veteran leadership that we needed in that World Series team. We needed that ability out there and that, that smart thought process from a hitter. He showed it, man. It, it was really awesome. I mean, he hit 412 or whatever in the World Series with like two homers and all kinds of RBIs. So we're really appreciative of Edgar, man. He, he, he really helped seal the deal. And he was just one of the heroes. We had a hero every night, I swear. But Edgar was the guy I thought that really just helped bring this team together. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So we got the spark plug. You've heard him on TV, man. He talks really fast. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> But his energy was what was, was needed. And, and a lot of times with a team like we had, you have different people. You have, you know, you have the low-key guys. You have the guys that are just kind of like professional, do, our, do my job, go home. You have the, the big moment guys, and you needed that high energy. We, we had a couple of those with Pablo and, and Torres. But Torres, you came over, man. You're a speed guy. You know, when you first came to the Giants, you had to make the team uh, to, to be. And we needed a, you know, in a Cinderella story, you always need a guy that comes out of nowhere and just gives everybody a boost. And you were that for us, you know? You, you, you were that, you were, you were bouncing around, you were on a few different teams. The first time I ever saw you at Detroit, you know, all over, the, but you were always fast. But just the feeling of being a part of something so important in 2010 and commanding that outfield and getting key hits and, uh, you know, in big situations, you know, just your feeling in all of your baseball history of just being a part of the Giants in the 2010 moment. Just share us you, you, your thoughts on, on who you who you became on that. Um, that time. I remember when I I was made I became San Francisco at free agent in 2009. So you know I got a great spin training. Bochi called me to the office. He's like, Andres, are you caught before caught? I'm like, never. But you got to say you <laughs> you caught before because I wanna I want you to be in the team. So anything you take, you know. So I start catching bullpens. This guy throwing. <laughs> 97, 95, and then <laughs> I fractured my finger. So I, I also catch him with a, you know, with a fractured finger because I dive in, um, in second base. But like you said, I've been 
I've been, you know, I come from nowhere. I, I work very hard uh, through the minor leagues. I started playing the game very late, but coming to San Francisco in 2009, um, it, was, uh, it was an honor. Like they, with these guys say, we got a great group of guys. We believe in each other, different personality, but at the end, we treat us like family. We are family, we every day. Um, and, and that's how we came here and, and be a big part of the, you know, first World Series. It was amazing. But like I said, we, ne we always believe, you know, and we talk about hitting. You see pitchers, they help each other. And, and we just, we just, we, we never give up, you know. <laughs> we, champs never give up. And that's what it's about, right? We just, we just, I just came and I try to, you know, bring some energy. And, and after all, I went to the minor leagues. I said uh, hard work paid off. And it was a bless. So in the final out in the World Series in 2010, the emotions. Oh, wow. You saw that happen. What was your emotions? Oh, that was amazing. One more out. We're going to be champions, you know? Like, you waiting, you know, you but there, you there. You got to be ready to catch anything, too, you know? Like, it was a great moment. It was special. And then when, you know, third out, we champions. We start jumping, and it's a great feeling. It's an honor. So many, oh, incredible memories. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank Mark you. Look. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for making us who we are. A lot of respect. Without you guys, it's not about us, it's about everyone. You guys come here, spend time with us, give us that love, that energy, that passion, and, and that, that's how we come out there. You know, like we talk about how we do it, we, we, it's because of you. You know, I always, I know we all feel like that, you know, and like I said, it's an honor for us. Good to see Freddie, you know, Edgard, Kane. Patty's there, you know, Wilson, but, but like I said, it, it's, uh, we, we want to thank you guys because it, it, it was very special. Yeah. Next guy, he was, just on, he was just sitting on a stage not too long ago, uh, and they put his face on a plaque on the wall, uh, on the wall of fame. You all know Matt Cain. <laughs> the... Uh, you know, I, I, when they said I had to MC the event and they said, are you ready? I'm like, ready for what? I, I, you know, so I actually had to start researching because it was a long time ago. So I was trying to make sure I knew what I was going to say about each guy up here. And uh, uh, I did not realize it. I think it was just because it's how dominant our pitching staff was. And I, I think we all took advantage of how dominant our pitching staff was, the different guys that we had coming in that situation. But uh, 21 and a third scoreless innings. I, I did not know that. Like that, that was that's impressive. I, I remember when he pitched in the World Series, seven and two thirds scoreless. But uh, I didn't realize how dominant he was. But Maddie, just in that alone, the seven and two thirds in the World Series. This is your first. I mean, it's not like you, we had any history in this deal. And you coming in, and obviously everybody knew how good you were. You're were, you were a very dominant pitcher, but. Just your, your, your emotions going into your very first start in a world in a key game. It's a swing game. So a key game and putting up the numbers you put up, the feeling, the emotion, the focus. You're a very focused person. You're a pretty low-key low guy out there on the mound. But what, what was the – if you can remember your emotion, your feeling at that time pitching in that game, what, what was that like? I just remember uh, it all really being a – like extra credit, like at school or something. Like no matter really, it felt like what we did, it was it was going to be a good thing for us. So that was kind of how I took the whole mentality of that last month. Is no matter really the outcome is you know what like I'm getting the opportunity to go out there and play in the postseason. Never got to do it. Never even really sniffed it before that. So like when the when that game when my game came around in the in, against Texas, it was just all right. Timmy goes out and just you know dominates the night before, shows up and does good, and that. That was the way we did everything. That's the way he and I kind of fed off each other. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try to do the same thing. I know these guys can rake. I know they're going out there to try to launch. But luckily, we're in our ballpark. So good luck with it. Hit it as high as you want because it's going to come down. And, um, you know, I, I, I just tried to keep it as simple as I could. I had faced, you know, a lot of good veteran players, you know, like Edgar and Freddie in my career. So I knew kind of how to try to manage some situations. So I think I did. I tried to do a good job of keeping the fast guys off and then not having to worry as much when the big guys came up to bat because even if they did pop a homer, it was going to be a solo guy because I was, I was thinking about keeping the fast guys off the base and, and trying to keep it as simple as possible and, and really just ride the momentum. Yeah, the uh, last question, and I'll take a few from the audience. We have a few minutes to take some from everybody. But, Matty, just being your homegrown. I mean, you're you're brought up through the minor leagues with the Giants. You're, you 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 kind of even got brought up really early, 20 years old in your career, having to 
kind of learn how to pitch at the big league level, even kind of deal with failure, get beat up, knowing your stuff is good, and now you start, you're starting to succeed, and Timmy comes in, you guys are all starting to feed off each other, but just to know that you, when you, you were drafted by a team that you played for your whole career, but in 2010, bringing the first championship to San Francisco, knowing that obviously a key part of that, but just what did, it, what did it feel like in the parade for you, or even in, in you know the speech, you know, in 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 at the end, just being able to talk about what it meant for you as a homegrown player to come up and bring this trophy home. What, what was that feeling? I think that was probably the coolest parade because we did we got to go a little bit more on mission and just hearing, you know, five five six stories of people just packed out the windows. Just it was so loud that first section. You know, down Mission was just, or down Market was just crazy, you know. And to be able just to hear the passion from the fans that you guys have been waiting for, you know, for 56 years, just to be able to have that moment and to be able to enjoy it with us and to sit there and look back at it to, to think that the, the Giants tried to find ways, and it ended up carrying over into years after that, is they were putting pieces together throughout the years because we were in such a rebuild mode when I first came here to see those pieces be able to be put into play and the guys that they thought were going to be able to be a championship team, to have them slowly being put together through seven, through eight, to nine, 10, 11, and to see that carry over, it, it meant a lot to be able to be one of the first guys to kind of have a, a hand in that and to, to see the history that the, the team had had and the city had gone through. And uh, it was it was fun, fun to be a part of. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. We got about uh, three or four questions we can take uh, we got to be done here in about five, six minutes with the first group. So I'm going to have a few, and we'll go from there. Go ahead. You definitely want to ask a question, so I'm going to let you ask. Okay. Actually, I wanted to say thank you to Maddie, Andres, and Renteria. You guys are awesome. And especially to Freddie. Freddie, I had so much fun watching you. You were the original dirt dog, as uh, Flannery says. You were just flying and flopping, and, I mean, the way you played. Okay. Fantastic. But I have a question. This is for Bochi. He's not here, but maybe you can answer. <laughs> why? Why, why, why? At the end of the game, when Timmy was going to close it, he was doing it, he was on it. Why did they bring Brian in? I was just like, no. I mean, Brian would always take it to the limit. Take it to the third, every person of the third base and then win. But I was like, no, no, not this time. So why did they bring in... Brian at the end and just why did they just let Timmy close it well uh, <laughs> I, I don't speak for Bochi like the guy is a he, he, he just thinks three steps ahead of everybody else he goes off of gut obviously it worked I mean we got rings so uh, I think you got to also remember Timmy had played eight nine months of baseball here we're we're, we're way into the the innings pitch we're we're eight scoreless we're we're just into that we, we we took an insurance run lead uh in the ninth and you bring in a guy that he might have taken it to the limit but i mean he had ninjas in that beard so like you know you gotta figure those guys are gonna come out too and and it, it, i think that you have to sometimes go with this is how it's gonna work he's got he gave us eight but our closer is our closer he does what he does and he steps up in big moments and if you remember i mean in philly he came in, you know, and, and sealed the deal with a pretty close pitch there too with Ryan Howard. I mean, he he thrived in that stressful moment, you know, situation. No, no, you don't let anybody just end the World Series. Like, like, yeah. If 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 he thought just let someone end the World Series, he would have pitched me, and we would have been in Game Six. So <laughs> we don't we don't do that. But we 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 went with the right guy, and and that's why it's famous. Buster hugs. Buster hugs don't happen unless. Uh, Weez goes in and pitches in that situation. So here, we'll take another one right here. Hey. hey, guys. What part of the season did you think, because it was, uh, you know, you guys didn't win it until the end of the you know, last game, right, with San Diego. What, what, what part of the season did you think, okay, we got a chance for each of you guys? I think for us it was – Everyone has their different thoughts of when they think that, oh, we can do this, we, can, we can't. But Edgar brought up a great point and that after that meeting in Chicago, after we had that talk, we knew we had the ability. We knew we had the players. 
once everybody came together and realized, and, and Edgar doesn't talk much. So when he talks, everyone listens. And he was talking from the bottom of his heart and said, guys, get me to the World Series. Let's get, we can do this. Get me to the playoffs. And I think everybody took that to heart. And like you guys said, I think we went on a roll after that. I think it was at that moment that we were like, all of us were thinking it, but we all came together as one and said, okay, we can do it, everybody at once, not just one guy at a time. Do you guys want to answer that? I think mine was, uh, mine was, it had to have been the first week or so of, uh, of September when we got Darren Ford up here. We're playing Colorado, and uh, he goes and steals third. I mean, all, we'd, all we had heard is this guy is so fast, he's so fast, he's so fast, he's going to smoke Torres in a race all the time. <laughs> and, you know, like he gets on second, it's his first time. He's, he's a tough grinder the same way. He's worked his way through the minor leagues. He's a, say he's an older player in baseball, but he's, uh, he's worked his way. He's finally got the chance, and he's up here. He gets on second. He's like our ultimate pinch runner. Steals third. They overthrow it, and we score, and we win. But it was like that moment for me was kind of what kick-started everything. Um, like I said, you know, we, you know, like we have the meet in Chicago, but like I said, we go out there and play. You know, in this game, you know, we go out there. We don't try to lose. We always, I, I think we, all, I always believe. You know, I know you struggle in this game, but we got great communication. That meeting, we always talk to each other, and and you know what, like hitting, like you know, if I struggle, Edgar, uh, Freddie, like we, we try to, you know, like. I say that, you know, I cannot say one moment because you go day by day, you know, but then it just, you know, I know we had that meeting. We just start beating everyone, and that's when, you know, that's what happened. We won, right? There's no secret. <laughs> we won. Uh, Edgar, Edgar told me he'd answer it, and he just said what they all said. That's his answer. So we're good. We're good. Thank you. Gentlemen, in the postseason during the playoff run in 2010, who was the toughest pitcher to face, and for the two gentlemen, who was the toughest batter to face against the Braves, Phillies, or Rangers, for each of you, who was the toughest person to face? Where's Cody at? Cody, Cody would say Roy Holiday, huh? Yeah, I was, I was thinking about Cody, seriously. <laughs> uh, for me, um, I'll take it a step further. I think the toughest series we had and the toughest atmosphere was definitely in Philly. It was just a dogfight. But the toughest pitcher by far for me was Kimbrell. I mean, he, it was like an aspirin getting shot out of a BB gun. I, I had no chance. I felt like he got me 0-2 and then he threw me something soft and that's when I got the base hit up the middle. I'm like, thank you. Because his ball is like a rise ball. So um, he was, Kimbrell for me was definitely the hardest pitcher that I had to face in that postseason. To me, to me, I think it was Cliff Leaf. <laughs> Hello, Cliff Leaf, yeah. Because uh, he, he always thought he was great, great pitcher, you know. And uh, uh, I don't know, night before he gonna pitch, I made sure make three hit because I'm going to face this guy and going to, uh, I know I'm going to go off for four that day. So <laughs> I had to make sure I got like two, two or three hit that night before. But I clearly it was um, uh, the tougher guy. You know, rest in peace, right, Holiday. Um, I think he was an incredible pitcher. I know Cody hit two homers against him, but that was a pitcher that, in my opinion, he was incredible. You know, he, he was a great pitcher. Like I said, he rests in peace. But um, I know Cody hit two homers against this guy, but he was a guy that really he was nasty. And um, I think he, he was one of the pitchers that it was very hard to hit. Yeah, I would say it was Philadelphia. Just from the history I'd had with those guys, I'd gotten beat up a number of times over in Philly. So I think that's why they let me pitch, pitch the game over here. But, um, but yeah, I think it was Philly. Those guys were top to bottom. Uh, that was a nasty, that was a nasty lineup. All right, guys. Pat Burrell said, "Wrap it up." So uh, we're gonna wrap this sucker up here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the. Thank you for this guys here, man. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for the stories. Loved having you. We'll get the next group up here. All right, we have uh, three of the four. Uh, 
The one we're missing, he got stuck in traffic. He couldn't find his thong. Couldn't find his thong? Couldn't find his thong. So he missed his flight. <laughs> so he, he's here in spirit. He's here in spirit. Uh, so obviously, you might not recognize one of them because he cut his beard off. But yeah, Brian Wilson joining us on the panel. Pat the Bat Burl. And then the uh, NLCS MVP, Cody Ross. So guys, we've uh, we had some interesting stories so far. Uh, I'll kind of try to keep this. You guys like to keep it a little more brief than the other guys do probably. But uh, Cody, start with you. You know, you came over, Florida Marlins. Not, I mean, just let you go to us. I mean, you just, it, 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 and we, we get you. And it was another one of those spark plug type deals. We get this guy that we faced a lot. He killed the Giants. I mean, he, he crushed homers off us quite a bit. So we knew who he was. But coming to San Francisco, now you're not you're from Miami all the way to San Francisco. New team, new environment, in a playoff race scenario. Was there excitement knowing? Because, you know, Miami wasn't obviously playing all that well at the time. So coming into a, an atmosphere like this where now there's 45,000 people instead of the 45 people that you guys had in Miami, uh, to the energy, to just... What was that like? You obviously excelled in it. Is this what you were waiting for your whole life? Is this something you just look forward to? Are you excited about the move? To be honest, uh, it was eye-opening. I, I was upset, to be honest with you. I was upset because I wanted to go into Miami, the new stadium they were building the next year. I wanted to be a part of that. And all of a sudden they said, no, nope, you're out of here. We let you go. And I'm like, what? Like, where am I going? They're like, San Francisco. I'm like, what? Like, they can have like eight outfielders. Where am I going to fit in? And so, you know, I get here, I get here, and and as uh, soon as I walk into the clubhouse, I see Burl, and he comes, he gives me this huge hug, he goes, Pousey, good to see you, he's like, so glad you're here, and then I see Wilson, I see, I mean, Freddie Sanchez, I see so many guys, I felt, I mean, everyone's welcoming me with, like, open arms, I'm like, wow, maybe they do want me here, you know, I feel <laughs> pretty good about myself, so, and then, as soon as I left there, I went straight to Sabes' office, Sabian, Brian Sabian, our GM. He goes, Cody, I know you heard a lot of rumors that we claimed you to block you from going to the Padres, who were in first place at the time. He goes, just want to let you know, we didn't block you, we wanted you, and we want you to be a part of this team moving forward. And I said, well, you have, we have like eight outfielders. Like, how am I going to play? And he goes, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And I'll say... <laughs> So anyways, obviously it all worked out. I was so they everybody made me feel so welcome and I felt like I was at home from then on and it just was an incredible feeling. In uh, the playoffs uh NLCS uh Roy Halladay like just facing that guy. You faced him quite a bit before obviously. Uh but just coming in and just that, I mean, he just threw a no-hitter against the Reds. I mean, it's not like he was struggling in the playoffs at the time. To be able to come in in that situation, that environment, at that time, facing that guy, like, the feeling. And you knew it. You knew it when you hit it. I mean, we saw the, the bat flip. I mean, it, it was one of those things where you just knew it. And it did, But to not just get him once, but get him twice, you know? Like, what was that like? Did you see him well? Was so... I tell this story a lot. Every time I faced Roy, everyone was like, you got to try to hit the ball the other way. You can't try to hit a homer. You're going to hit it in the ground a third or short. You have to try to hit the ball the other way, up the middle. And I tried that, and I had zero success against him. He had actually pitched the perfect game against us when I was in Miami that year. And it was, I mean, he was by far the toughest pitcher I've ever faced, and besides Wilson. And, uh, <laughs> and so I said, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to try to hit a homer. And sure enough, threw a pitch and a whack. And I was like, whoa, all right, that worked. And I'm running around the bases. I'm trying to figure out what just happened. I mean, I was just as, you know, just as excited or, you know, I had no idea what just had happened, just like my teammates. So I get to, you know, get around and I get back up the second time. And I'm like, well, I might as well try it again. <laughs> whack. I'm like, whoa, all right. Like, so, you know, and, and I, I tell people, I, Nobody would have ever remembered those if Lincecum wouldn't have actually dominated that game. Because home, home runs are great, right? But if Lincecum doesn't keep us in the game and we don't, you know, and he gives it up, then home run, is, that's just another homer. But, you know, because he dominated and then Wilson came in and shut the door, I mean, 
I think you you might have, did you pitch that game maybe? I think you did. I threw a couple wild pitches that game. <laughs> but anyways, that was guts. Couple scuds. Yeah. So the NLCS MVP. I mean that. I mean, my I, favorite home run was against. Uh, ask. I, I, I was gonna tell him. Yeah. <laughs> favorite yeah. home run was against Roy Oswalt that yeah. next day, or two days I think. He buzzed me. So you had three. Yeah, three. Three homers. Three. <laughs> he buzzed me, you know, trying to get me off the plate because, you know, he didn't want me to be comfortable in there. And I was like, all right, you, you, you're messing with the wrong guy here. Yeah. <laughs> Wham, I got him. And that was the one where I skipped. I got yeah, him. it was, was awesome. That was, that was it. I had to let him know. I mean, it was so good. It was, man, I was waiting for the Ricky Anderson spin, too, down the first baseline. Really good. So NLCS MVP, you win it, three homers. Key, ho- key homers, obviously. That trophy, you look at that. Does it? Does it? I understand. Like we all have the ring, you can look at all that stuff, and you 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 can be humble and be like, all right. But you can say, no, man, that that's big for me. I, I got. It's kind of like a how do you like me now to the Marlins a little bit, you know? Like, hey, man, you let me go, and then I win the MVP of the, of the National League Championship Series. That had to have been a really good feeling. All the heroes that were happening. In that in, 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 on that team, but when you got that trophy, man, what what is that? What was the feeling and emotions? In at the in the time, it was just like, all right, that was awesome, but I got to move forward. Now looking back, eight years later, I, I think to myself, wow, I think about all the players that have played here in the past, all the great ones, all the ones that you know are a lot of them that are in the Hall of Fame that never got to feel that feeling of you know that final out being made. Um, for that year, and it's it's surreal to think about. I, I I have that visual in my mind all the time of Brian striking out. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nelson Cruz. Thank you. Yeah, you're trying to figure out which one. You struck out so many. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, you know I I see that moment in my mind a lot, and just to think, like I said, that. A lot of guys have never felt that. A lot of really great baseball players, not only Giants, but across the, the board that have never got to feel that. And to be able to say that we did that as a team, to be able to bring that to San Francisco for the first time ever for this city is pretty amazing. Yeah, it was amazing, yeah. <clears throat> so obviously you're seeing up here, like, we pieced a lot of stuff together in 2010. The front office was really busy. You know, even in July, August, they, they were trying to figure out how to get piece of the puzzle because they didn't know if we were, I mean, you're seven and a half games out. They don't know if you really want to be a part of the playoffs or not, so they're not going to give up too much. But we had to start piecing some guys together. And so one of the bigger pieces in the puzzle for me is when you can bring a veteran bat, when you can bring a guy in that has had a ton of success for a long time uh, in a tough city to have success in, 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 in a place like Philadelphia, and it's a really – harsh environment and to be able to know that we bring a guy in that understands what it means to be in a playoff environment a world series winning environment uh, a packed crowd environment to come in and the kind of at bats that he has and, and you knew he was a tough hitter really really tough on me he he, he liked hitting doubles uh and laughing at me when he got to second base so that, that was always fun to to watch i was, I was good yeah, yeah that time i didn't figure that one out i just threw belt high fastballs to him uh, but uh, I, so I was excited to have him over just because I knew the professionalism and I knew what he was going to bring this team when he put on a uniform and to help guys feel like, hey, we got guys that know what they're doing and they're going to help lead in a big way. And, and so we got Pat uh, in that year. And, and I think it was, like I said, it is an amazing time, Pat, to have you. you the, the way you could take strikes and work counts and you would talk to hitters and why you do that. But you want to. You were a part of, obviously, Philly, the history of Philly, the winning ways of Philly for a really long time. And before we get into just the experience going back there on the opposing team, coming over and seeing the run that we started to have in September, did you feel, was that the same feeling for you that you have had in other years with Philly, or was this a different feeling when the momentum started kicking in? The, uh, the one thing I knew, and I mentioned this yesterday on, on the talk show, was we had the arms. And I hadn't played on a team that ever had the pitching. Not just the starting pitching, but the, the bullpen. And so the issue we had, we couldn't score any runs. Um, I mean, Matt Cain and Lincecum, these guys were basically 500 pitchers with sub-three RAs. And we, all we needed to do was score three or four runs a night, and we were going to win. We didn't give up any leads, ever. So, to... 
Of course, I got the dud. Oh, no, here we go. <laughs> put it close. Did put a mouth on it? So. It's close enough, isn't it? Um, yeah, no, the, the, for me, the whole thing started with the pitching. You can have, I mean, we pieced together the offense, Cody and guys like us that came over late in the year um, with, with Freddie and Huff. We, we had enough there to scrape by four or five runs a night, and we knew that that was enough to win. Um, you know, you look at the only thing that's consistent about the 10, 12, and 14 team is the bullpen. These guys... You just don't find that kind of group together for that many years. Um, so uh, my goal when I got here is let's find a way to score three or four runs, get these guys on the same page, and believe in what we have. I think that was missing. There was the, the, the lack of belief that, hey, we can beat anybody. We, we got the arms. Now we just got to score some runs. I think that was the biggest thing from you is in the clubhouse every day. There was never this mopey feeling you walked around chest up head up just saying no we're gonna win today you know we're, we're we, we we have the ability i think that's the leadership you provided in that time well it's like i said i mean i feeding time i don't even know what's in that <laughs> what else is in the bag <laughs> Where was I at? The feeling of like just knowing every day you can win, just giving that feeling. Well, I think that's what we needed. You know, somebody to be in there every day, being positive, going, "Come on, let's go, let's go, let's find a way to win." Um, And I think that was my contribution, just trying to be positive. I mean, we had some. It was a pretty dynamic group. We had some. uh, We had some characters, and uh, the goal was to find how do I get these 25 guys to push in the right direction every night. And that's, unfortunately, we were able to do that. And uh, like I said, it doesn't happen without the pitching for me. Yeah, <clears throat> and a lot of good constructive criticism. And I, I, I say that seriously, like he was just a, if guys started to make excuses, he wouldn't let you make an excuse. He was blatant obvious. He's like, hey, honestly, you suck. And you need to stop sucking. He came to me on a plane one time. He walked by me and he said, hey man, <clears throat> You need to start throwing those things called strikes. And then he just kept walking up the plane. At first, I was like, what a jerk, you know? But the, then you're the like. The walk by is always the best way. <laughs> yeah, he keeps walking, you know? But yeah, you know, maybe he got a point. Maybe he does. Whether you were upset or not, it, it, it worked. It made you think. And, you know, that's the kind of sometimes the, the leadership a team needs to have, a guy like that. So going into Philly, last question. Going into Philly before the World Series, that, that's a team you you knew every single guy over there. So it's really hard because you're, you're competing against a group of guys that you really liked. So and you think Rags would let me in the advanced meeting? Yeah, you would. Yeah, you, you would. think so. But yeah, yeah. I go, I know how to get Utley out. Yeah. But yeah, no one understood how to get Utley out. Yeah. And we you should have figured it out. We, but I think that, that that feeling of being back there in that city, but now trying to beat a team that you had won so much with, go to the World Series, was it conflicting? Were you just overly excited? You didn't care? Or what was the feeling there? No, there was a little bit of payback because, you know, we won the World Series there in 08, and I was the first guy out the d- I mean, they, they couldn't wait to get rid of my ass, so I was gone. <laughs> and then two years later, uh, after getting released in Tampa to, to, to join up with this crew, uh, we went in there, and I remember telling the guys in the plant, I go, hey, I know everyone's excited. All the families are coming. Don't wear any giant stuff. Go to the team store, wear an Utley jersey, and that way you won't get your ass, or so you won't get, your, your family won't get beat up in the stands. <laughs> yeah, that's a rough crowd over there. But winning now, game six dogpile, was it a, a, a look over, a shot over at him? Was it, what, was it just like no, no one just, series? You know what, I have so much respect for the organization. Yeah. It was, let's, let's do our thing and get inside. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I think beating them said enough yeah. for me. <clears throat> yeah, and he, he had brought so much leadership with a World Series ring already. So what, a, what an awesome deal. He was. He was a huge piece to that puzzle for us on multiple different uh, levels. So we're very thankful for Pat, man, and we're thankful for what he, the contributions he brought to the team. In that, Thank you, brother. Yeah. Uh, so the, <clears throat> the next guy, uh, Wheeze, Buster Hugs, Symbols. 
uh, beards, all that stuff. Stuff he does. He doesn't have the beard anymore. But it, uh, Brian, you, again, you brought up through the system. Kind of in 08, kind of started to do your thing. I met you for the first time when I signed in 09. In fact, I flew in for FanFest. You were in the car and the front seat, and I'm walking up to the car, and I'm like, wait, I must have the wrong car. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm Jeremy. He's like, sup? Just looking. Not a lot of conversation. Already knew his energy was terrible. <laughs> I knew no one was going to like him. <laughs> oh, it's great. But, you know, like, just... I got, we got to hear it. Just, just, if you're willing to tell the story, how did the beard even come into play though? Like what happened that created that? And don't say no, no shave July or whatever. Like you, you, there was a rhyme and a reason to it. I remember we were all laughing when you came in with it. So we, Whoa, I don't remember everyone yeah, laughing Diego, at me. San Diego. <laughs> well, sorry. Him and I, we got there kind of early. I think I might've horse laughed him when he came in with it. So it might've been my fault, but. Well, we went on a long two-week road trip. I didn't bring my razor, and uh, I kind of just let it go. I actually grew a beard in 2007 for that spring training, uh, and I got sent down on April 1st. And I thought, well, that's, that's kind of crappy. And then I had to shave it for the minor leagues, so I just never grew one again. But in, on that two-week road trip, I didn't bring a razor. When I got back home, I thought, oh, maybe this is the start of something nice. So I, uh, I actually headed over to Pat's place, and I brought uh, some beard performance enhancing, and I left it in too long, and it was just straight black. And his sink was I never a got mess. my deposit back. <laughs> his marble was ruined. It was, it was every, and I just kept it. You know, I said, screw it. Well, let's just let's just keep this going. And everyone else grew beards too. Like it was just a thing. We we, we thought we were just like a hockey team, so. It was kind of fun. That's just how it happened. And then uh, one day I woke up and said, nope, no more. I've had enough. <laughs> well, it worked. Uh, it worked for that. So the, a lot of stressful situations. <laughs> we, we, the bullpen didn't exactly have a lot of uh, room for error. You definitely didn't have any room for error. No. Uh, you made it interesting at times, but that's selling the sizzle, right? It's entertainment. Uh, but the Howard in Philly... I mean, we knew we, we did not want to go to Game 7 with Philadelphia. That would have been no. a bad I don't no. care who we had pitching. It wasn't going to be a good thing to do. So race. we knew we had to seal that up. And they made it real interesting. After Uribe's homer, you know, kind of chaos. You had to come in with guys on. So the, that at bat with that kind of hitter at the time, what, I mean, just give us a little bit of a peek into what was going on inside the head, the beard, the heart. Whatever you want to give us, but give us a peek inside of that. Oh, wow. That was, that was probably the most nerve-wracking moment I've had ever. Uh, just for the sheer fact that he's humongous, and he yeah. stands so far away from the plate, but yet he, he covers it. And um, I knew that I couldn't leave anything inside. I had, I'm pretty sure I had a couple guys on, I imagine. What was it, first and second or first? There's a lot, there's a lot of chaos. I don't remember. I remember time. looking at second going, why am I even looking at second? <laughs> he doesn't matter if this guy hits a homer. Um, I just kept nibbling the back door. So that means I was just, <laughs> I was just throwing cutters. I was, <laughs> I was just throwing cutters. Guys, contain yourself, okay? Grown-ups. Throwing cutters on the outside corner, if you will. Yes. And that last pitch, I thought, God, I just really can't walk him. Because if I walk him, my, uh, my uh, confidence meter is going straight down. So we need to get an out right now. Bochi might have a heart attack. I might get released. This, this needs to happen. So I throw the pitch, and the umpire doesn't do anything. And I'm immediately thinking how I'm going to get tossed from the game. And then finally he throws up the strike sign, and it just everything just felt so good afterwards. <laughs> But I only had like five minutes to celebrate because now we're going to the actual World Series. <clears throat> and then the, the famous Buster hug. You see the, you see the three run homer by Edgar. Seventh inning, so it's not even the ninth inning yet. You, you see Who the was homer. Who before him? Pat. Pat, Pat. He set the tone. <laughs> set the tone. Set the tone for uh, that bat. So, yeah. So, 
the That's right. Absolute freebie RBI. Yeah. <laughs> Strikeout. Can't scrape any together at all. Yeah. Uh, it's all right. You fighted some. You were being confident on the bench, fighting good, confident, boosting. Hey, he was the first one out there when yeah. we won. <laughs> if you see the photo, it's me and Buster. I was the closest one. Him. <laughs> Sit next to Bochi. I mean, he wasn't going to beat me out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had to go good. put some gel in the hair before I came out. <laughs> uh, He's serious. The, uh, <laughs> this is so good. Uh, the uh, I'm sure our suite about the fifth inning is going to be interesting. Um, the uh, so the that Nelson Cruz. I mean, that at bat. You see all that happens. So you know you're gonna. There's a good chance you're going into that game. The the, the feeling, the the butterflies, everything coming in of just knowing that that is going to happen. Timmy going out one two three eighth inning. Immediate phone call. We all knew what it was. Wilson's warming up, and just running in, knowing you're running across the field to close out what potentially could be bringing home the first trophy to the San Francisco, the city of San Francisco. I don't know if that went through your head or you're just like, I got to get a job done, but not very many people have been able to get the final out of a game like that before. And you were a part of that. What was that emotion like? Well, I mean, it started in the bullpen for one. Uh, it didn't go down like you guys thought it did. I didn't get a phone call until the very last second. So normally in a game like that, you get a phone call at the end of the inning. Hey, Willie, you got it. Okay, cool. I'll warm up. No phone call. So I thought, Okay, I guess Linscombe's going to finish it. So there's 50% of me that was happy for him. And like, oh, great, I don't have to come in and have a complete panic attack. <laughs> the other 50% was, well, I've dreamt of this moment, so suck it up. <laughs> so then I'm just sitting there with all the rest of the guys. They're all looking at me thinking, why is he not closing? And I'm trying to do my best to be like really happy and figure out how I'm going to run on the field for the celebration. So I get out of closer mode. I'm not, I'm not pitching this game. That's cool. Totally fine with that. Also not fine with that. <laughs> then Bochi calls, and then a new panic attack happens, and I've got to warm up. And in the Texas Ranger bullpen, field's out there, and you have to pitch this way into the crowd. And they're all just yelling at me, throwing things, telling me I'm going to blow the game, and I'm just... I'm doing my best to just laugh it off and basically tell them, no, I'm not, I'm the best. But inside, I'm thinking, you guys are probably right. I'm really nervous, you can see. Running, running onto the field, um, I'm dead serious. I was trying to do my best to not basically pass out. Because I have a very specific like uh, tempo when I run out there and I thought, oh, I don't want to get over the edge right now. I might look like an idiot on TV. Again. So I got the first two outs real quickly. I looked in, and Boach was totally fine. Usually he's pacing because it's a 3-2 count. He had the bases loaded, threw 40 pitches, but I think I only threw like seven. And then Nelson Cruz comes up. I'm like, I got this. This is a two-run lead. It's totally cool. If he hits a jack, it doesn't mean anything. Well, it would kind of mean a lot because then I'd give up a jack. So I get to 3-2. Buster puts down the sign. I kind of close my eyes and think, Wow. This is happening. This is something I've totally dreamt of. This is what I wanted all year, my whole life. All right, just don't hit it. So I throw the pitch, and it was a cutter in, and I didn't really know what it did. It didn't move like it was supposed to. It kind of like went up, and he just missed it, and we won a World Series. And there was Burl again coming right up. Then there's Burl waiting for the hug. <laughs> Oh, well, what an awesome deal. All right, we got three questions, and then we're going to get out of here. So uh, I'll, I'll take three questions here. Go ahead. Hey, guys. As a mom to a two-year-old that just had open-heart surgery number three, he might not be the fastest runner, but I'm sure he's going to play Little League. What is your piece of advice for these kiddos that, you know, are being told, you, you know, you're going out there, do your best, and, you know, they're seeing champs and stuff like that. You don't always win. So what is your piece of advice for all these kiddos that are here and other moms like me? Have fun. If the, if the kids aren't having fun, find a new coach. Because I'll tell you, I'm involved in the Little League, and it's, things have changed a whole lot since we were kids. But um, it's still the same game. You just got to find the the dads or the coaches that actually are there to have fun, not to win, especially in Little League. I mean, 
Have fun out there. <clears throat> I would say don't take it so serious. You know, you get so many parents out there that are screaming and yelling. And listen, we're all, you know, <laughs> we've all done it. Sorry. But don't take it so serious. Let them play. Let them have fun with their friends, number one. Don't just go put them on some team because that team's good. Like, let them play with their friends. They all want to play with their friends and have a good time. Don't take it so serious. I had a different Little League experience than these guys. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, mean, I would basically be very encouraging of that. I learned a lot of things in Little League. I learned that it uh, didn't really matter who won as long as I went out and had fun. But that's where you learn a lot of fundamentals in life. You learn teamwork. You learn how to, uh, you learn how to sit and not play that inning. You learn how to root for other people. So it's more of just like kind of an escape from school, escape from any trouble you might have at home, and you're just out there with a bunch of kids that really want to play baseball, and it just should be fun, like these guys said. This is for Brian Wilson. Why do you have to walk two guys before you go ahead and pitch at the end? Do you know how many guys have had heart attacks over that? Drama. You got to create some drama. Torture. Sell the sizzle, man. What was it? What do you ask? He said, why do you got to walk two dudes before you start pitching? Oh, well, hey, I'll be the, fir I'll be the first to tell you. I, I, I didn't grow up the most talented baseball player, but um, I'll outwork you. So that's why I had some success on the field. I, I mean, I walk guys because there was a game in 2008. Now, before that game, I had been playing MLB The Show, which is a video game, and I was following the season, and that day we had a game against the Padres. So, Kevin Franson was my roommate, he watched me play, and I brought myself in the ninth, naturally, and I blew the game. And I broke the console, and I never played again. And that night, the same exact scenario happened in the game. I threw a 3-0 fastball to Brian Giles. I thought, this is gonna be a strike. Who swings 3-0? It landed right around there. <laughs> I blew the game. Uh, Boach calls me into his office, and you know, this is his fault then. This is his fault why I walk people. He said, you know, Willie, you don't have to throw a strike there. And I thought, okay. <laughs> I'm never throwing a strike again. <laughs> so, you're welcome. Oh, man. He's trying so to good. save the seals. Uh, really, really good. All right, one more question. Hello, hello. Sweet. For the 2010 uh, season, uh, what was the, uh, the most memorable uh, thing that Bochi might have said during that year? Oh, that I, know. Got you guys I know going. exactly what it was. Was it L.A.? Freedom. So yeah. we're in this. That was LA, right? We're in this uh, <laughs> funk of a. We weren't playing very good, and he says we got a players-only meeting. I'm sorry, staff and players, and it's the first one that I had been a part of since I had come over. And uh, they wheel in this old TV, the, the TVs that had the VCR attached to it, so you just <laughs> slid in the tape on the bottom, and all of a sudden we see Mel Gibson riding on this horse, and I go. Is this guy really playing Braveheart? <laughs> I looked at Dero and I go, this doesn't happen. He goes, oh, it's happening. I go, okay. So, you know, the whole speech on the horse with the blue paint and the whole deal. We're down in like the seventh inning and I don't know what happened, but a couple, couple big home runs happened and in the dugout, guys are yelling, freedom. <laughs> I go, this is what we need. This is it. Something so simple, I should say. Was, was, he just had a knack of knowing when to do things like that to where it had an effect on guys, you know, and the fact that we talked about it and laughed about it, I think, helped us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we had a lot. We had, I think we had Days of Thunder one time. Oh, yeah. we, were, we, had, we, had, we had the Days of Thunder. We had the Braveheart. We had Braveheart twice, I think. Yeah. One in Colorado, I think we watched it again. He gave yeah. the same speech. Yeah, if it works, you know? it works. Yeah, so. Well, he probably forgot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It's been fun. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Appreciate guys. it. Thank you. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 